Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short term plans at uh1.com. my friend and welcome back to catch up with louise Shari. this is the podcast that aims to catch you up in the week if you haven't been paying attention no one could possibly blame you um oh, there's been so much grim stuff going on january is a tough month you probably as we all do have lots of things going on in your life so don't worry if you haven't been paying attention i'll do my best to get you catched up today catched up <laughs> caught up Jesus Louise caught up on the news what's going on in the world of entertainment and we have a great interview as well um I wanted to catch up Jesus see there are people who would stop now and delete that and re-record but no I'm real guys I will let you hear me making a fool out of myself Anyway, uh, I wanted to remind you about the podcast phone. We have a phone now and that phone is there for you to send me voice notes. Uh, Tell me what you enjoy. Tell me what you don't enjoy. If there's something that you disagree with that you hear, if you disagree with a point that I make or Aoife makes or um, Esther makes or Cassie makes or anybody makes on the podcast, we want to hear from you because we're not all going to agree. And this, you know, I don't ever think that I'm exactly right about everything at all and you'll hear more about that in a moment um so I welcome all kinds of feedback also if there's something that you'd like to hear us talk about or like to hear me talk about let me know um I would love to hear any feedback that you have 089-209-6423 is the number that's 089-209-6423 and I have a specific plan as well for the voice notes, which I will reveal next week. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Sorry for doing that. Um, it's just not quite ready yet. Um, and yeah, just a general also, I just wanted to thank those of you who have sent in voice notes so far and thank you as well just for listening every week. It's, uh, I, I know I, every time I talk about it, I get a bit weird about it, but that's because I just, I'm so grateful. We have had now over half a million downloads of this podcast. Um, that's individual people, individual listens, um, not individual people, but individual listens. And, you know, for a podcast that's less than a year old, that's really amazing and I am just so grateful to you. I would also like to say a big thank you to those of you who leave reviews. Um, I try really hard not to read much of what people say about me on the internet because I, it's generally poisonous. Um, but I do check the reviews from time to time because obviously I, I really value your feedback on this podcast and um, they're so encouraging. And I am, I'm so grateful to you. And it does make a difference when you rate and review podcasts online. So 
If you feel so inclined, absolutely do so. Now back to me and uh, not necessarily doing things to the best of my ability. I, The chat that Cassie and I had last week about cultural appropriation, I came away from it and I was like, I did not, I did not articulate myself where there, well there. I did not explain what I meant well. I didn't explain the situation well. And I had a conversation with my dad, which confirmed that because my dad was like, hang on a second now, you were saying this and I want to understand this. And so I wanted to kind of clarify a little bit. Um... My dad was talking about having been given a gift on a business trip, which he was like maybe culturally insensitive to kind of wear. And I was saying, yeah, I said, I will, I suppose it comes down to um, the significance of the garment. Um, And I used the example of like Native American headdresses. So Native American headdresses should not be worn by anyone other than the appropriate people within Native American culture because they are very culturally significant. They have a spiritual significance. They, they are worn for ceremonial reasons. They're not just a fashion accessory. So taking it and using it as a fashion accessory is offensive. Um, so that's one example. Another example is, for example, the reason that, that a lot of African-American people get annoyed with the Kardashians when they wear their hair in traditionally African-American styles or indeed African styles and then rename them things like boxer braids. Um, you know, um, African-American people get annoyed because they were criticized and um, kind of, you know, not allowed to wear their hair in traditional ways for years um, because white people didn't deem it appropriate. So then if white people then decide to appropriate that style, rename it and frame it now as something that's okay, it's, you know, problematic. And if you are confused more and if I'm still not explaining myself well and um, maybe have a little google um the wikipedia entry on cultural appropriation is actually really good and um, it gives good examples and I found this phrase really interesting this is according to critics of the practice cultural appropriation differs from acculturation assimilation or equal cultural exchange in that this appropriation is a form of colonialism when cultural elements are copied from a minority culture by members of a dominant culture, and these elements are used outside of their original cultural context, sometimes even against the expressly stated wishes of the members of the originating culture, the practice is often received negatively. So it can be a hard thing to get your head around. Um, and really, it's just about sensitivity to the fact that styles, garments, you know, um, cultural practices of, of minority cultures probably aren't best used by you if you don't aren't educated on it and aren't a member of that culture and particularly if you're a member of the dominant culture. There are other people who've talked about this and written about this much better than me and I'm going to link to some examples of that in the show notes um, but there you go I just felt like I, I really failed on that last week so apologies for that. Now that we will move on because of course we have to catch up on the news and we will do that right now. Even more a political correspondent at the Sunday Times Ireland. Good to speak to you for the second time today because the first time I went to your house to record this and did not bring my recorder with me. Um, thus we are now on Zoom. I mean, it was good to see you. It's yeah. nice in the morning on a Thursday morning knowing that I'll see it was, a friendly face. I enjoyed giving you a hug um, and I suppose it was worth the journey. <laughs> And you shampoo. Gave me some shampoo. I did give you yeah. some shampoo, it's true. Um, okay, well, we've got lots to talk about in news this week. And let's start with news that just came out this morning um, about uh, New Zealand's Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. I'm devastated. Yeah, I think women all over the world are like, oh. But also, yeah. yay for you, yeah. Jacinda Ardern. Yay for her. Yeah. So Jacinda Ardern, um, 
one of really very few women leaders um, in the world. The Prime Minister of New Zealand um, announced this morning that she is resigning. Uh, it came completely uh, unexpectedly. Um, and she has confirmed a national election for October of this year. Mm. She made a speech um, and she said that she no longer had enough in the tank to do the job and said it's time. I'm leaving because with such a privileged role comes responsibility, the responsibility to know when you are the right person to lead and also when you are not. I know what this job takes and I know that I no longer have enough in the tank to do justice. It's that simple. Mm. So her term will conclude on the 7th of February and then she'll continue as an MP. Um, Her speech was really powerful. It is not one I can picture a man making. Mm. She said, I am human. Politicians are human. We give it all we can for as long as we can. And then it's time. And for me, it's time. Mm. She said she reflected over the summer. Um, There has been, she kind of made headlines a number of times, but she made headlines about the fact that she was the youngest female head of government Mm. when she was elected at 37 in 2017. And obviously we know that New Zealand handled the COVID-19 pandemic um, the best in the world. And she also gave birth. Mm. Um, while she was in office, she had a baby girl. Um, and also she oversaw the re the government reaction to the Christchurch massacre as well. Mm. So she's had quite a lot mm. under her belt for only being on the job, you know, se- seven years. So it's really sad. Um, but I think it sends a wider message about how no job in the world is worth burning your entire life down. Yeah. I also think that, you know, when we talk about politics, like I personally can become quite frustrated at times because, you know, the idea is that people in positions of leadership and politicians are, you know, the point of their role in theory is to improve life or, you know, do good for the citizens of wherever it is that they represent. But -hmm. sometimes it really feels like that gets lost in the politicking of it all and the Mm -hmm. winning and the gaining, you know, whether it's winning like points in in the doll or whether it's winning, Mm. you know, elections, that 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 becomes the most important thing. And kind of, you know, finding a way to criticize your opponents becomes almost more important than actually doing what's best for the people. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, for someone to say, I can't do this the way that it needs to be done. And so I'm going to, you know, take a step down, I think demonstrates uh, like a level of integrity that we don't see as much as maybe we'd like to in politics. Yeah, and a sense of self-awareness yeah. that is definitely lacking in politics. Like, the ability to say, this isn't for me anymore. Mm. Whereas for a lot of what we see in politics is even when it is visibly clear that you're failing, I'm not saying just Ardern was, mm. but I'm saying in other instances, feel like the Boris Johnson mm. and other people like that, when it is visibly clear that you're failing, whether it's data on housing lists, data on health numbers, mm. data on your economy, and these men continue to hang on until they are forced mm. from the job. Mm. Um, with Angela Senator Ardern, I think it's a respect for herself and her family that mm. I think you don't see a lot <laughs> mm-hmm. in other politicians and just a sense of self-awareness mm. and a respect mm. for the job. Mm. She doesn't want to half-arse this and she thinks she will half-arse this if she continues. Yeah, a big respect to Jacinda Ardern and uh, mm-hmm. respect for all the work that she did when she was in office. Okay, let's move on. Unfortunately, we once again have to talk about male violence and another death of a woman in Ireland. Um, I found this week to be very difficult in this context. It's mm-hmm. something we talk about all the time on this podcast. Um, and there was another another woman murdered 
in Ireland. Um, yeah, so a 50-year-old man has been charged um, after the murder of a woman in Dublin. So um, the body of the woman, whose name is Maud Coffey and was aged in her 40s, was found in Ashtown at around 10 o'clock on Friday morning. Um, the we It's a live case, so we won't get into the whole back and forth about yeah. it, but the man's solicitor has requested that his client undergo a psychiatric assessment mm. um, and he has been um, remanded in custody um, mm. for the mm. murder. Um, the woman herself, I've seen actually a lot of posts, I know I have a lot of posts, I uh, have a lot of people on Instagram and stuff from the inner city, Ashtown, um, and this woman seemed to be incredibly loved um, mm. by her neighbours and people around it. You saw the shock um, that people were kind of expressing. Mm. Um, in her neighborhood and where she lived, um, mm. she was really young, like mm. she was in her forties, um, and that it just, yeah. And then what we saw then almost a day later was that um, a security worker, also from Ashtown in Dublin, um, was ugh, so depressing. Walked free from court after he was convicted of a series of brutal assaults on his partner and coercive control. Um, I'm just going to read the copy here. He says he was responsible for a string of violent assaults on a weekly basis that included punching her, slamming her head against the wall, smothering her with a pillow, throwing her downstairs and spitting in her face. Walls tried to control every aspect of her life, from finances to where she would go, who she would see, what she was wearing and down to the underwear that she put on. He hacked into her online accounts. He tracked her phone, isolated her from her friends and family until the point where she said that she wanted to end her life. Um, and he threatened to have her killed. Said he would abduct her and her young brother and tie them up and burn down her family home. She, the woman who bravely came forward, she said now that she suffers PTSD um, and he would threaten to kill himself when she said that she was going to leave. Um, for any of us who know anything about um, narcissistic behaviour and abusive men threatening to hurt themselves is always um, one of the main things that they go to. Her statement said, this will stay with me forever. It won't go away. The cuts and bruises will go, but the emotional stuff will never go. He took so much from me. Some things I don't think I'll ever get back. I feel stuck in the time that this happened to me. So despite this... Um, <sighs> The probation service deemed him to be at moderate risk of reoffending, and he walked free from court on Friday with a suspended sentence. The court was told that his new partner recently had a baby with him and he was working in the security firm owned by his father. References were provided by the security firm and his new partner. It's, I don't have anything to say. No, this is, uh, by the way, we're reading from Alan Sherry's report in The Independent um, and... I shared this on my Twitter this week because I saw the headline and I read the the sub headline of Jake Bowles walked free after slamming Jodie Duggan's head against a wall, smothering her with a pillow, spitting in her face and throwing her down the stairs and just felt so defeated and dejected. And so many women expressed similar feelings. It just feels like, what is the point? Like, we know that when it comes to domestic violence in this country, a huge proportion of women never come forward. They never say anything. 
for lots of different reasons, but one of them is that it's very difficult to go through the process of prosecuting someone. There's so much complex emotion around it. You have your own, as in Jody's case, PTSD that you're dealing with. Like it is an extremely trying thing to take someone to court and to actually try and do something about it. And then you do it. You're brave enough. You go, you say your piece, you do what you do. He gets convicted and then he just gets to walk out the door. What is the point? Like, how are women supposed to feel safe on any level? If even when you do all of the right things, you come forward, you leave him, you come forward, you go to, it goes to court, he gets convicted, and then he just gets to walk away? Like, like he can bump on deer in the street. So she now gets to be afraid all the time. That's yep. the consequence. And he has moved on and he has a new baby. She has PTSD and she could bump on him in Tesco's. It's... I don't have the words to express how profoundly and deeply upsetting that is and how much it feels like there is no point in even trying, even though I know that there is, like, and I will never stop talking about this stuff, but it just would break your heart when you hear something like this. And I don't know if it's, like legislative reform in terms of the laws around these cases. Yeah, sentencing, it can be sentencing, yeah. yeah. I mean, but but, uh, but but even that seems like it's a deeper, it feels like I it's just deeper think than about that. When I see these things and as heartbroken as I am for Jody, what I see is all, what I think about is all the women and men who are in that situation right now mm-hmm. and know that there is no point mm-hmm. in them going to the yards. They f- they're going to feel like, well, I have even less evidence than her. So what chance do I have? Exactly. I think there needs to be serious review of sentences. And I am not one of these people who advocates for locking people up. Mm. I believe in rehabilitation and everything else. But there's nothing for that. This person walked out of court. He doesn't have to go to counselling. He doesn't have to seek psych- psychological help. He doesn't need to attend anger management. He just walked away. So it's not even to say, well, we don't believe in incarceration or mass incarceration like they do in America. We're not even trying to make people better. We're just letting them go. It's wild. I find it so depressing. And I really want people to know that are out there that are listening to this, that they can leave. Mm. And maybe, and obviously Women's Aid and on all of those places, you're much better place to give advice than I am mm. are there to help mm. but I would ask people not to be disheartened but who am I to tell someone not to be disheartened when we see news like this that's that's it and as I said we won't stop talking about it obviously ever um but if you're feeling disheartened you are not alone um okay let's move on to uh, a big kerfluffle happening this week in the doll around Pascal Donahue and the hanging of election posters in 2016 What's what's the story? Okay, so Pascal Donahue, who is now the Minister of Public Expenditure, uh, in 2016, a man called Michael Stone um, offered assistance in his re-election campaign, so which was like erecting and removing election posters, which Pascal says he understood was on a voluntary basis. He said the work was carried out on four dates during the campaign period, before and after polling day with six people involved. He said, neither myself nor anyone in my campaign team paid the people concerned. 
nor was I at the time aware they had been paid. Mm. So they had been paid. The other person paid them. Mm. So no cost was attributed to this on elect on Pascal Donahue's election forms. So if you pay someone to do something for you during the election, yeah, you have to look, you have to note it. You yeah. have to send that to Sipo, which is the watchdog that looks after politicians and public ethics and mm. all that. So it was found out that in December, a complaint was made about Pascal's forms that they hadn't been filled out. He said that during the course of review, I was made aware that the individuals concerned had been paid for their help and I was not aware of this. He said that the total payment to the people was about €1,100. There was a use of a company van and there was a couple of fellas that were given a couple of bob to go and put up posters. Now, Sinn Féin and the opposition are obviously calling for like a review into this. Um, He's a very senior minister. The person involved who helped or who paid the men um, was the chair of the IDA. Um, And there is, uh, yeah, it just doesn't look great. So Pierce already said this week, you know, that the minister had been caught out and tried to cover it up. Then Pascal Donoghue made a speech last night in the doll and it did not go well. (laughs) He was then accused of disrespecting the doll. Um, he said that he sincerely regretted it, but he was not aware at the time. He praised Michael Stone. Um, he was the chief executive of an engineering firm at the time, a man of the highest standards, and has spent much of his life giving back to the community from which he came. The community from which he came is the constituency where Pascal Donahue runs. Mm. Um, and basically, the opposition don't buy it. They said... Everybody knows the usual price that are charged for erecting and removing posters was five point per, five euro per poster, three up, two down. That's how it works. He said the notion, they say that the notion that Pascal doesn't know, it doesn't fly. So there's been complaints made. There'll be an investigation. It's another, I think this story might go away only because this is very complicated Mm. and it's not something that people in the street either have the time or energy yeah. to get that bothered about. Yeah. It's very, it's very Leinster House. Yeah. Yeah. Demo. And like when I heard about it, I was like, so like, <laughs> I just, a part of me feels like, so we're spending, you're spending loads of time now debating this and discussing this time that could be spent mm. on something that actually impacts us. It goes, it goes to integrity. And also if the the wider thing is, and I'm not saying that this happened in this situation, but if people aren't filling out their forms properly yeah, and then the people who've been doing the politicians favors mm. that aren't recorded doing them favors yeah. start getting big contracts from yeah, the yeah. government no I get it I get it but that's what the issue is yeah I get it I get that I know it's just sometimes these things you just kind of feel like is this just not just a waste of time you know um okay let's talk about a new law Simon Harris is bringing in um it's it's this type of law is called a Fagan's law which I think which is I thought was quite funny yeah it's always good to have a musical yeah. theater reference yeah um, so um for anyone not as cool as me and Louise and loves Oliver Twist um Fagan <laughs> was the king of the boy thieves in Oliver Twist. And Fagan's law now is basically you will face five years in prison for grooming children in their life of crime. Mm. So we know that this goes back long time about how um, gangs use young kids, whether it's drug runners, you know, all that sort of stuff. Mm. 
So Minister Simon Harris, you know, the Minister for Justice, um, told the Cabinet this week that the aim is to deter and prevent criminal networks for exploiting children to crime mm. and then breaking the link between gangs and the vulnerable people that they recruit. Yeah. Um, this also, the go- this set of the government, this season of the government, their new thing is child poverty. Mm. And they said that this is, you know, part of that as well, the, you know, tackle the link between vulnerable communities, children who live in poverty and who live in disadvantage. Mm. Um, it's all to do, we know how bad the gang line problem has been mm. in places like Dublin, mm. inner city Dublin and Limerick over the last couple of months. So it's it's basically supposed to deter them from using kids yeah. from doing their dirty work. You know, we all know why this happens. It was the same in the North during the troubles you know you use younger people because they get lesser sentences if they're under 18 they don't go to prison for uh, or adult prison they just go to juvenile Mm. that sort of thing but it ruins kids lives they Mm. end up uh, addicted to drugs they end up in they end up in debt um they the way they are groomed at the minute is that they are told you know that doing this work will bring you like wealth and like this kind of party boy Mm. uh lifestyle Mm. and I don't know how much of a, the word? I don't know how much of um, a deterrent it'll be, but it is the government acknowledging that this is a big part of gangland yeah. and a big part of gr- it's grooming. It basically. is grooming, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I like it's kind of shocking in a way that it hasn't already been a crime. Yeah, I know. to be honest. Um, but anyway, yeah. it's good. It's good to see it. Whether you know, as you say, whether or not it will actually deter this from happening. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, finally, before I let you go, um, the UK government. It, this is absolutely wild is blocking scotland's gender recognition bill i hate this so much me too it's it's absolutely no wonder that the majority of people now vote for independent supporting countries in scotland when things like this happen the scottish government in hollywood had a vote uh before christmas it was very contentious there was a lot of back and forth what they passed a bill in Scotland that would make it easier for people to change their legal gender. Mm. It was welcomed by charities, human rights, you know, watch, like it had been welcomed by everyone. So when, uh, because Scotland is a devolved government, um, technically Westminster still can call the shots on certain things, especially when it comes to justice. Mm. They are now blocking this law from going ahead uh, in Scotland, saying that the draft law would conflict with equality protections across Great Britain. It's the first time this has ever happened since Scotland became devolved. Uh, Nicola Sturgeon is quite rightly up in arms. She said it's a full frontal attack on the Scottish Parliament and vowed to oppose it. She said Scottish ministers would defend the bill, uh, warning if this veto succeeded, it would be one of many. She made the point that if the Brits think that they can get away with blocking Scottish laws or laws in Northern Ireland or the laws in Wales, Mm. they will do it. So the Scottish government are expected to take it to court through a judicial review, mm. um, but they haven't got all the details yet, So, but we can expect that. Um, Nicola Sturgeon, uh, the, the Scottish government currently believes that the process Scotland has is too invasive, it's too difficult, it's cold, it's unfeeling, and it causes distress to people who are already distressed trying to change their gender and they wanted to make it um a bit more human a bit easier like we have done here in ireland yeah exactly i was just going to uh, say our gender recognition act came into effect in 2015 and we've had absolutely no, no problems no mention as yeah. a result of that um but it, what it definitely does show is a complete contempt from the british government 
border evolution. Mm-hmm. They've devolved the governments in Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland, but they still very much believe that they call the shots. And if they don't like it, no, don't get me wrong. This has not been done before. It's not something that happens. I am still quite shocked that this happened. Maybe I should stop being shocked about this Tory government. Mm. But I don't think even Nicola Sturgeon seen this coming. I think it is in constitutionally, it is insane that they think that they could do this. And then of course there's the impact that this has for trans people who are just literally trying to live their lives. Um, you know, for whom it will be hurtful. This will lead to an increased level of discourse around their validity, which shouldn't be happening in the first place. And um, obviously there'll be Scottish trans people who will be now living in fear as a result of this. It's just the fact that trans rights has become a political football for people to use to their advantage for political gain is so disgusting. And I I just really feel like we're going to look back on this period of time with shame. And we certainly should. I mean, people should be ashamed right now. Like my, I've talked about this before, but like the thing for me is the, my uh, family had uh, a gay, we have a gay relative and he came out in the late, 80s Mm. in Derry um, during the Troubles which was obviously not the done thing Mm. and later he contracted um, HIV and then he sadly died but the arguments that people now make about trans people these unsubstantiated really poisonous things that they're saying Mm. are the exact same recycled arguments that they were making about my family member in the 80s Mm. that you know the notion of grooming and brainwashing mm-hmm. and all of this. And it's so much of it. And like, I understand it's hard for people to understand. I totally get it. Like the notion of being transgender, if you are not transgender, can be hard to comprehend. Mm. But that doesn't mean you get to question their right to exist. Mm. There's lots of things that we don't understand, but you don't get to pick and choose how someone loves their life. That's mm-hmm. just not fair in any realm and what you wouldn't get away with it in for any other person Mm. i just it's become and the tory government in britain has let it become this toxic argument that includes everyone except trans people Mm. i i can see it happening here too yeah and i'm glad that ireland has not fed in as much as you know you worry it would do and yeah. Scotland was the same, but we need to be very careful. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. We need to be incredibly cautious. Incredibly. Um, well, on that sadly not cheerful note, uh, <laughs> we will end for this week. I think I promised a happy story this, last week. Sorry. Was, even for us. This I know. Was bleak. Dog shit. Bleak. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will. I am truly committed to a happier story somewhere in the news next week. I was um, trying to think of something happy even that happened to me or like something that we could like end on oh Miley Cyrus's new song is absolutely amazing I agree couldn't agree more and a real yeah Miley Miley's back I'm enjoying the power suits me too very much I went so. to see Tar. I went to see Tar and it was all power suits. So yeah. Yeah. Power suits. Yay. Yay. <laughs> okay, Aoife, thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you.
Now, Santos Ogaro is the author of The Money Mentor, How to Manage Debt, Reach Your Goals and Achieve Financial Wellness, a book which is out now. She is also a life coach, entrepreneur and a social media money mentor. She is co-presenter of Orti's hit TV show, The Price of Everything, and a financial columnist for Irish Country Magazine. If you're someone who wants to get your money in order, she is someone you can turn to. I had a chat with her this week and I started by asking her how she went from being just an ordinary person to being a financial expert. It's funny when people say expert, I still get a sense of um, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Although in what I do, I would I would say I'm pretty much an expert. But um, yeah, I started out trying to fix myself, you know, trying to fix my own money problems. I have um, a track record of bad, bad spending habits. I lean into money emotionally mm. um, and just spend the money as an outlet the way some people might emotionally eat yeah or you know I emotionally spend um yeah. when I'm down if you could mark a big occasion in my life there's usually a big purchase um that goes side by side with it I think a lot but of people also, would relate to that as well yeah I think um even if you mark you know when I'm tired or when I didn't feel myself with the kids you know when I just had my especially when I had my daughter um, and then I was a single parent, that feeling of I felt this and, you know, and it was me getting up at um, four o'clock in the morning doing night feeds and spending a bomb of money mm-hmm. because I was like in the next, the next day, everything is going to be better and I'm going to make sure this is better. You know, I had a tough day today, but I'm going to get new clothes, a new outfit. I'm going to be a new me. I'm mm-hmm. going to be one of those moms. And I'm going to show them all that I'm doing well. And I'll do that by spending money and spending money that I don't have. Yeah. Even sinking in debt. Yeah. So um, it caught up with me in a real way um, in 2008. And I really talk about it in a way that I hope people lean into it because you're not, if you're not financially well, it affects every part of you. There's no point walking, you know, there's no point you know, doing anything else if you can't pay your bills, mm. if you can't, because we need money. It's a currency that keeps us all going. And to to live in a world saying we don't need it, it, it just, it's not possible and it's not realistic. So I, my, I was financially unwell. Mm. I couldn't sleep. I was thinking about money more than I think is is really normal it was Mm -hmm. the first thing I thought about you know when I woke up it's the first the last thing it woke me up out my sleep Mm -hmm. you know did I pay that bill can I pay that bill is the electricity gonna turn off and the meters now you know do I have enough money for that Mm -hmm. maybe I can ask for overtime maybe I can get another minder to take the kids or maybe I pay my friend you know so she she can mind the kid that day so I can go into work to make money to pay that like that was the track record yeah And, you know, your brain is literally just on overtime trying to figure this out. So I I didn't care about eating right. I didn't care about exercise and I didn't care about anything else. I was not well in my head Mm. um, trying to tackle this big, big mountain, you know, this big elephant that was roaming around in my brain. And um, I, I kind of went onto Instagram because I had a breakdown and... I literally had to ask myself, what are you going to do? You know, like there has to be a way out of it. And right now, um, something that I saw an interview with Tom Hanks recently and something that he said was this too shall pass. Mm. And I always I I always heard that saying, but the way he he described it was just so beautiful because he was saying 
you know, when you're going through something really crap, this too shall pass. Mm. Or if you're going through something really positive, this too, this too shall pass. So without even understanding that, maybe I was leaning into that thinking, look, you know, you're alive, you're well, you have two kids, what can you do right now to fix this? and I because at that point sorry to interrupt you at that point it wasn't just that you were low on money you were in debt weren't you I was 15 grand in debt yeah Yeah. um and it's I'm gonna be honest it wasn't the worst death it's exhausting paying off debt you know and people think it's a normal thing to get top of loan or to just rely on your overdraft or you know your credit card Mm. but and it's it's very much normalized but we don't think how taxing it is on us to have that level of anxiety Mm. all the time you know always owing something to somebody and always owing your time out really to somebody because you have to work for money to pay that person back Mm. and it's a level of anxiety that we don't realize if if there's wanting anybody walking away from that is really you know put some put some value on your time Mm. put some value on you know how your money is being spent and who and who's really benefiting from that? Mm. So yeah, I was very much in debt, and I was like, "This is this has to this uh, there has to be something that I can do." Although I was really unaware of this even being. I always I, I liked the idea of budgeting and helping your friends and saying if you did this and giving advice. Mm. But sure, my whole <laughs> life was a mess, you know. Mm. <laughs> Uh, but I didn't even understand how to budget I just knew like I didn't understand even the simple basics I just knew maybe if you just stop spending money for a while and you could pay off your debt and then that's done and we get another debt and then that's grand and we go yeah. again um, and that, that was my advice to anybody <laughs> who would ask mm. um, so in 2019 I I I got up um, and maybe I was a bit woke to my own values but I, I basically said, you know what, I'm going to clear this debt. Mm. And I didn't have a clue how. So I was on a millennial and mm. um, I was on, you know, in, I was on YouTube and I was asking, like, I was, I was typing in, how do you pay off debt? Who pays off debt? Anybody paying off debt? <laughs> how to clear debt? You know, literally a million questions. Yeah. Can you pay off debt fast? Mm. You know, and I found this lady in America and she was paying off debts and people were coming up to our, you know, every week people were, I could see underneath in the comments because, you know, we turn up the comments. Yeah. And people are like, this is so motivating. I'm after paying 50 euro this week or $50. I'm after doing this. And I was like, whoa, did the whole world here. Yeah. And people are really conscious of their money. And maybe what I've been doing isn't normal. Mm. And I decided to take that time to tackle my own debts and, to really, uh, I start going, oh, there's a thing called an emergency fund, you know, when you actually do have things that pop up, you know, mm. that can derail you. Um, you could you could get an emergency fund. I was looking at getting tax back and everything from the previous year. And mm. I was like, oh, that's going to be part of my emergency fund. I felt even a relief saying that. Mm. Even totting up how much I owed, I thought I owed 25 grand in my head. Mm. But I put it down as 15 grand. That was like, oh, Jesus, you know, that wasn't that bad. So facing um, it, facing it was empowering. Facing into yeah. it. And I was like, straight away, I just felt like, oh, this is a bit more manageable. Mm. Even though I didn't know how to manage it, just going, mm. acknowledging what I owed. Mm. And I started doing my debt by a, um, a method called a snowball method, mm. um, which is you you make sure that you're 
up to date on all your debt repayments. But then you focus on the smallest debt. Mm. And that's just to get a bit of momentum going. And, you know, it's good for your self-esteem and your confidence. Mm. So um, the first one was um, a personal debt where I owed a friend money. And I always say, you know, the the borrower is a slave to the lender. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you owe your friend money you, and you're talking about me dressing the kids in necks and they're looking at you with a side eye thinking, yeah, but that money that mm. I owed you, you know, I lent you wasn't for necks. You know, yeah. you, you feel that judgment. So I was like, get rid of that. I owed her money. Um, I cleared that. And I was like so relieved and I felt such a sense of pride for the first time in, you know, over, you know, a a long time. Um, I felt like I was finally doing something right. And where did you get the money to pay her? What did you cut back on? um, I was looking at my food shop um, and it's something that everybody's talking about. But it's really like somebody who's really lived it and has really cut back. You know, I cut back about two grand in my food shop. When you think you owe 15, because I was spending just, I looked at, I was a single mom, new mom, young babies. That supermarket was a night out for me. Yeah. You know, I'd be going out there <laughs> and I'm like, mm, I can't go out, but you know what? I'll put a bottle of wine in yeah. or, you know, we'll do something like that. Or I'll treat the kids because I can't treat them any other way. So I'll treat them with something nice here. Mm. Um, and th- that's the way. I was treating it and then I was literally going, okay, I am going to check what's in my fridge, what's in my freezer. I am going to meal plan. I am going to stick to the list. And, you know, 120 euro shopping, shopping, um, my shopping bill was now a 40 euro shopping bill. Now that was 2019. So Mm. we're in very different times now with the cost of living. But But still, that's a, that's a, what, like a 60% decrease yeah. like that's I'm thinking that every single week so where was that money going it wasn't yeah. going into me buying new runners or yeah. treating the kids or something that money was going I owe you money so I'll mm. pay that off mm. or I'm going to pay a little bit extra off the couch that I got a loan on or my overdraft mm. or the property management that I'm so behind on yeah and um, you know that was where it was going but I just tackled them one by one and kept up to date yeah. and that I kept it it was just really simple yeah no complication obviously if you had a high debt you know you'd probably be looking at that if you're in the mindset of trying to save money overall high interest loan sorry um you'd probably be looking at that if you're looking at trying to save money overall but sure I wasn't thinking about that mm. I was just thinking what way can I manage my debt repayments what way can I really like keep focus and keep a little bit of confidence and me wanting to turn up every single week Mm. and a way I did that was accountability Mm. as well I went on to Instagram to my family and friends Mm. and it's a little bit now I think I'm I'm approaching 30,000 but it was a shy of 300 people you know people I work with and I was like, I have 15 grand in debt <laughs> and I'm going to clear that and I have a problem with spending. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, um, my friends and family were like, what the hell is going on with this one? Like, you know, Yeah, because but, we're uncomfortable, aren't we? Culturally, we're uncomfortable with talking about money. Yeah. So um, that was quite I, a bold thing to do. <laughs> it really was, considering I'd suffered um, and done so many things behind closed doors mm. where, you know, you know, the heat and be gone or you have to go and think, oh, do I get the milk, the formula 
or do I get, you know, pay the heat and where's mm. that 15 euro going to go? Yeah. Um, no one knew about that. And there was like coming out. So I think it was being on the YouTube and just plugging in every week and watching her, yeah. you know, watching um, that kicking mom who isn't there anymore, watching her turn up every single week. And I was in that buzz where it's your environment, my environment had kind of changed, you know, yeah. when you're a mom, it can be a lonely time yeah. and, you know, social media and your programs, whatever. Are those things that are comforting and that was really comforting to me Louise really yeah. really was um I was leaning into that so by the time I went on to Instagram I'd say for actually the first four months on Instagram it wasn't really real people yeah you know? like, it wasn't it was just me on my journey sharing my bits and pieces yeah. and it was me kind of doing it for myself mm. I, I think that's really important to say at the start of doing this this wasn't all this wasn't part of the plan yeah there was no it. book there was no column there wasn't yeah thousands of followers there wasn't yeah anything <laughs> no like tv that. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah there was, I didn't know that you could like yeah people do this I didn't yeah. know I was working in the bookies like yeah. just trying to clear me that's um and that was the only little outlet and then to be honest it became a little bit of a community because other people were like I tried this or mm you know, if you did this or, you know, where you can get, you know, this place is, is selling this a bit cheaper this week, you might be getting that. Mm. And it was little, you know, a little push like that. I always think that sometimes it just takes a kind word or yeah. a little bit of encouragement that could change somebody's whole um, trajectory of their life. Yeah, know? well, it's interesting, even in the context of your experience that like, you know, as you say, I, I can totally relate and I wasn't a single mom, but like I can totally relate to that time when you have a young baby, you can feel really disconnected from people yeah. and from everything, you you know, your previous life, all that stuff. And you do yeah. seek comfort from ASOS or the supermarket. I know exactly what you're talking about. A nice little yeah, outing to Tesco you. might spoil yourself and go to a fancy supermarket. Like I totally understand that. I get it completely. Um, and, and, you know, I think that lots of people will connect with that feeling, but then obviously the turning point for you was not just reaching a point of desperation where you were like, I have to do something about this, but finding a community of people on YouTube who were in the same position and you could see them making improvements. So it makes sense that like in a way you were paying it forward aside from your own accountability. Like it's great yeah. that what ended up happening was you created a community for other people yeah. in it, it, that helped them in the way that the previous community had helped you. Yeah, and I always think it would be great if the world just kind of thought like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, in, in not just paying off debt, but in, in every sense of just saying, like, obviously, I realized, I'd say, like I said, about four months in, people are coming to me saying, I, I have an emergency phone too. I didn't know what that was, yeah. you know, and we're all growing together. And it made me, you know, somebody was saying, you know, what, what, what keeps you doing this? Mm. um number one I feel I feel like um it's my purpose mm. I've never had a job in my life where I felt so um, fulfilled so inspired by people that even when I'm tired I, I it won't bother me too much getting up at three o'clock in the morning mm. and trying to come up with a bit of content or mm. something like that and um, I've never had that and I feel like that's 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 a purpose more than this anything mm. even the book it's more than anything it's it's me walking in and some walking down the road and someone going I I didn't get alone this year or you know for my first this is the first time I went on holidays and 
I didn't have to worry about the loan coming back with me, mm. you know, <laughs> like I didn't have to worry about paying then I have to pay for the holiday when I got back. Mm. I saved for it. And it's the first time it's ever happened and it feels good. Yeah, it must be amazing to hear people say to you that their lives have changed because of things that they've learned from you. Yeah, it's um, it's it's kind of like it's weird, Louise, because, OK, I'm talking to you here. Mm. And you never know what one thing I might have said or one thing we've talked about mm. because this is you, this is your platform. Yeah. That that one person at home is listening going, wait a minute, that's, yeah, that's yeah. me. <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah. And that can change, like that that little that little seed can change something and it all starts with me being a bit uncomfortable yeah, myself. I love it. Now, like, you know, we haven't even really gotten into the book, but so <laughs> the book is The Money Mentor and it's how to manage debt, reach your goals and achieve financial wellness. And I think there will be lots of people listening. Like I, I am someone who finds it really hard to talk about money. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't know what it is. There's something about it. Um, that that like breaks me out in hives I just find it like I have a physical response to talking about money and a physical response to thinking about money and budgeting and you know mortgages and like all that stuff just makes me go no I just want to run in the opposite direction so I know that there will be people who might be listening and having that response (laughs) because I am one of those people but the thing about this book is that it's very accessible and I suppose because you're coming from the perspective of someone who used to kind of have a bit of a head in the sand and hope that doesn't offend you um approach no, no, oh, that was me <laughs> like I like and I do that in other ways as well yeah. but, you know I really did you know if I just ignore it it'll go away yeah like, and I, it'll just fix itself but I think because you're that person this book is so accessible and there's so much very specific advice like uh, things that you could do today to make a change yeah. um I think yes. like I really think it's great and, and I think it's going to change people's lives um and and you must be really proud of yourself um yeah I'm into this um I'm in I feel very surreal Mm. a lot of what I do is you know I write or I'm sitting behind I'm on my own Mm. doing a lot of things I mean the kids are in bed or Mm. you know it's very solo um and it's it's really weird now to have a book and 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 and, and almost like, I, I'm almost like, I don't want to give it away, but I do, you know, yeah. it's like my baby. I've um, heard that from lots of authors. That seems to be something yeah. that a lot of people feel. Yeah. And it's like, now I'm going to be, you know, people are going to come and tell me what they think, yeah. which is what I really want, but it's, it's scary at the same time. But yeah, I am proud, but I don't think that a lot of what's happened so fast. I don't think I'm actually going to take it on board yeah. until... I get a, a proper break. Yeah, well, I Whoa. hope <laughs> I no. hope when the time comes, you can really celebrate yourself because it is such an achievement yeah. and such a generous thing to do. Um, so thank you so much, Santa Sogara. Thank you very much for this lovely chat and best of luck. Thank you so much for having me. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Now it is time to talk about the world of entertainment, including one of my favorite stories I think we've talked about on the podcast to date, and that is Gerard Piquet, Shakira, a witch, figurine, a pot of jam, and a song. Who better than Esther O'More Donahue to take us through these week's entertainment stories? Esther O'More Donahue, it is wonderful to be back in your office. Thank you. Delighted to be here again, Louise. Thanks for having me. How was your Christmas slash New Year? Christmas was really quiet. I mean, I did nothing. I had eating pajamas, I had sleeping pajamas, and I just <laughs> wore elasticated things the whole time and had a, a delicious experience. Man, you know how to live. I'm mm-hmm. jealous. That mm-hmm. sounds stunning. Um, we've got a lot to talk about this week. Actually, I have to say, the entertainment stories have really been giving, um, <laughs> to use the lexicon of today. Yes. Um, they're giving, giving. They are giving. They're, they're giving. they're giving stunning. Um, let's start with uh, this wonderful turn of events with Kate Moss, which I just could not enjoy more. So I think anyone who's kind of followed Kate Moss, Naomi Campbell over the years is aware that they had this nickname for each other, Wagon. Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. And um, but it, it kind of she, she gave this interview a while ago with British Vogue, but it was cut it down into another little clip um, for TikTok, and she revealed that her nickname uh, from her supermodel days was um, Wagon. So Chris Turlington and Naomi Campbell in their little group to call each other Wagon. I knew this before. You knew this before because we have her finger on an old pulse. But <laughs> um, she explained in the video that uh, they were at a wedding in Ireland. They were a bit tipsy at the wedding and she said, I think an Irish wagon is drunk. So basically we're all wagons. So they were kind of tipsy and drunk, which is not how, how we understand no. the word wagon to be. Um and then, but then an old interview came up uh, with Naomi Campbell and she gave backstory to the situation. She said when Moss, when uh, Campbell was engaged to the YouTube bassist Adam Clayton, Ali Hewson, Bono's wife, would call her and Christy and Kate the wagons. Like, and she kind of did it in saying because we were wagons because we were naughty, we enjoy life and we laugh. Right. Just girls having fun. And that makes sense. And that makes sense. Yes. But it just got lost in translation. But I've seen them and you can, if you've watched, there's a supermodel documentary or whatever, they're all, and they still, they call each other wagons back then. So yeah. it's kind of, it's cute. She was incorrect, but still. I just, I enjoyed because some people were like, this is hilarious because someone called them wagons at a wedding. Some mm. random Irish person called them wagons at a wedding and then to kind of get out of the situation they yeah. were like oh it just means drunk 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolute pains in the hoop yeah. probably yeah, kind taken of, over. Kind of sad really to learn that it was in fact Ali Hewson and in a kind of affectionate manner. Yeah. Um, but anyway, good to get to the bottom of things. Absolutely. We're investigative reporters here, Louise. We Thank sure you. Let's are. Let's not forget that. Next up for investigation, the new Amy Winehouse movie, which is currently filming and is causing a real kerfluffle. I mean, it's just so funny because that's what the internet is. It's like, oh my God, my spirit has left my body because I have seen photos of the new Amy Winehouse and you go, and, and it is incredible and I'm so pleased. <laughs> or else they go, oh my God, I've seen you and it is disastrous and I can't believe they've done this. <laughs> so, I mean, they, and obviously the people who are making the articles pick the most extreme um, comments. That's how it works, Louise. So anyway, so there's going to be a new Amy Winehouse movie, Back to Black, starring Marissa Abela. She's probably best known for playing Yasmin on the HBO Max slash BBC production Industry. Have you Which watched is, Industry? Yes, it's unbelievable. I love it. And she's unbelievable in it. She's she a great is. actress. And she's also going to... Actor, excuse me, gender actress, neutral terms. Whatever. Um, she'll also appear in the new Barbie film. Don't know what she's going to be doing. That's oh. going to be out in July as well. She's got a role there. Anyway, she's going to be in Back to Black. She's filming at the moment. It's directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. And the extreme reactions that you're referring to is that recent pictures have come out of, uh, and they've been labelled by some fans a heinous crime. <laughs> I mean, sit on the fence? I don't think so. Oh. Um, and I looked, and if you go looking for the, f- the photos, what is, what are, what's so heinous about them? She's wearing ballet flats, a black a black bomber jacket, uh, the beehive and her bag and a, an actor presumably pretending to be her dad. That's it. I just, it was never, so this film is being made by, as you said, Sam, Sam Taylor, Taylor Johnson, Taylor Johnson mm-hmm. who lots of people have feelings about because she started a relationship with her husband when he was very, very young. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Um, she is like an accomplished filmmaker. She was friends with Amy. So like, mm-hmm. I think people were like, okay, this will be good. It has the approval of Mitch, Amy's dad, which I mean, is that is a good that thing? Anything? Is it a bad thing? Yeah. Who knows? Um, but like, you know, I think people were kind of hopeful about it. But I honestly think that no matter who the actor was, they would have gotten this feedback. Because at the end of the day, Amy Winehouse's look was verging on costume Hmm. and kind of cartoon character-y. So anyone who kind of puts on that look looks like they're wearing a Halloween costume when you don't have any of the rest of the performance. Mm -hmm. So like, I kind of, well, I I don't kind of, I do feel sorry for Marissa because I think, is it Marissa? Yeah. Yeah. I do feel sorry for her because I think that no matter what, you know, she was she was cursed from the get-go. Yeah, and I mean, if they're, they're just like shots probably taken on the uh, the like a pap a camera or whatever. If there's no lighting, as I said, there's no context. So people are so funny. Their exa- their reactions are so extreme. But I also understand if you were a passionate Amy Winehouse fan, you have a very definite idea of what the character should look like. Yeah. Um and 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 you miss Amy Winehouse and you you know you're trying to keep her flame alive so you know people are going to be opinionated that's what the world's about I mean look I would be lying if I said I didn't have a little bit of a when I saw the photos because I did like there was part of me that was like oh but but I actually think it's more about me feeling like maybe it's too soon to be making a movie about her like whatever about a documentary it feels kind of I don't know cheap or something or like lifetime yeah movie I don't know. It's, I mean, I mean, in terms of today's like the cycle, the way things things happen. I mean, there are people making films about the pandemic or in the pandemic. The turnaround time, like there's there is no time to sit with things. Yeah. These days, you have to have an instant reaction, you have to have an instant opinion. You've got to make the art straight away, having had no time to sit and reflect. Yeah, that's and a good there, point. There has been ten years, so 
I mean, I don't know that the documentary Amy if um, came out in two thousand and fifteen, which was good. closer, which is yeah, oh, it's it's heartbreaking. it's really heartbreaking, mm-hmm. and it's really, of course, it's a very dark subject matter, and if you don't feel in any way good in yourself and you're not you're not feeling well don't go don't watch this film the documentary because it is really it's just sort of it's a tragedy it's a tragedy and it spirals down in the tone of it it's it's brilliantly made mm. but anyway so we've had 10 years of reflection so you know you can't control when the art's going to be made and uh, Taylor Johnson is uh, she thinks she's a good filmmaker and she does have a very definite aesthetic and a, uh, she's very strong visually so you know we'll see. but we'll see but I think it, I um, I think it's funny that people some of the comments will just read them out um, uh, one person said um, why does the actress playing Amy Winehouse look like Anna Faris filming a scene for Scary Movie 32 <laughs> Very specific and odd. And then other people have said Lady Gaga should be playing this role, which I yeah. mean. Well, I think just... Lady Gaga apparently dyed her hair blonde in the first place to try and stop comparisons between her and Amy Winehouse. I think they both have like strong noses mm-hmm. or has Lady Gaga had a nose job since? I don't know. But anyway, they both had like strong yeah. you know, facial characteristics and she, like, Lady Gaga had dark, Lady Gaga, is that? I, sorry, as I was saying Lady Gaga there, is I was like, name? am I just saying random syllables? <laughs> You know when your brain is like, is that real? Anyway, she, which is fair, I suppose, when you're talking about someone called Lady Gaga. Um, But she, yeah, they were compared. Physically, they are compared. Obviously, Lady Gaga has an incredible voice. Like, I think it's a legitimate thing for fans to want. But Lady Gaga's apparently turned it down Mm. out of respect for Amy because she was Mm -hmm. like, she doesn't feel like it's right. And I think that's ultimately kind of the question mark that hangs over all of this. Anyway, we don't know. We've no idea. And it's not Marissa Abela's fault. No. Um, okay, next up, my favorite celebrity story of the week. Let's talk about Shakira. Um, Shakira has split from her husband, PK, not to be confused with Dorit's husband, PK, which is what I think of every single time I hear it. Yeah, didn't put that together, <laughs> but yes, Jared PK and PK, PK, PK. Die. <laughs> Get me my LV, LV. Yeah. Um, Jagger, what's the, what's the other kid called? I don't Jagger know. Jagger and, like, and other baby. <laughs> other baby. Other baby. <laughs> Other baby and Jagger, but Jagger's the iconic child. The other one we can't remember. So that's, anyway. Sorry, for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, Sorry. we're talking about Dorit, a real housewife of Beverly, Beverly Hills, Hills, and her husband, PK. Thank you. Like, do anyway. a shot if you mention the real housewives. We got it in. Thank God. <laughs> um, a curse will befall the podcast if we don't. Anyway, so she got together with footballer Jared PK 2010. And they were a really beloved couple. Yeah. I think he's obviously a big deal in football. And I... You know, so he does fan, fan base. She's huge, so... But I think what's funny, they met on the set of her music video for the 2010 FIFA World Cup anthem. Waka waka, brackets, this time for Africa. I love that song. It is good. Da, and they da, do... Da, da, yeah. Waka waka, it's very good. And I actually, I was asking um, a friend of the podcast, Emer McLeod, yesterday about... Um, a re- weekly reference I was saying is it the cup of life is that from the same song I don't know they reference that in who weekly anyway yeah. okay I'm, dry, I'm all over the place so they went and had two children together split last June they released a joint statement at the time um, but since then things have gone downhill yes it's it's madness. Like, we're grown up <laughs> joint Instagram statement we're with it no she's now released BZ or up Bzirup Music Sessions number 53, in which she sings about betrayal from a partner who left her for someone younger and less intimidating. Mm-hmm. I'll read the lyrics. Sorry, baby. I should have thrown you out a while ago. A she-wolf, like me, is not for rookies. 
A she-wolf like me is not for guys like you. For guys like you, I'm too good for you. And that's why you're with someone just like you. It doesn't rhyme in English, but <laughs> she sings it in Spanish and I'm sure it works in that way. Um, she In the song, she talks about living next door to her in-laws. Yeah. She ad- addresses tax evasion battle. I mean, some song. That's quite a range of subjects you, to be covering You in traded one song. a Rolex for a Casio. A lot of gyms, but work your brain a little too. Yeah. But you see, I don't know who, I'm not on anyone's side, but... Um, Jared Pico then came back with, he signed a deal with Casio Watches. Right. So are they both nightmares? They're uh, both, they're, no one's letting up. They're, no. both, they're both attacking, attacking, attacking. And no. then he was pictured with the Twingo car. With the Twingo oh, the car. car. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The car, yeah. Well, I mean, so these are all good, good, interesting uh, pop cultural references. Um, however, we haven't even gotten to my favourite part of the story yet. There's actually, t- uh, there are several interesting parts of the story that we haven't gotten to yet. I mean, first of all, let's talk about what she's doing with the song at her house. Yes, well, okay, so, so, so she's released the song, including all these weird topics that have happened to her in her real life. So apparently she has a giant um, kind of st- Halloween... Uh, decoration of a witch hanging outside um, which is pointed because her mother-in-law apparently lives across the road in their huge whatever apartment block um, and she's also blasting her own song full blast and if you listen to the Who Weekly podcast allegedly or apparently a listener sent in um, audio of the song being blasted like at the top of its lungs in the direction of the in-law yeah, and and the I've seen a photo of this witch that she has. She has it hanging like on an outdoor balcony, pointed directly at the mother-in-law's house, and it's not a cartoon witch. Like it's a scary yeah. witch, like a scary creature. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the background of the song blaring, I mean, it's kind of iconic. Like, what a move! What's going on? Who is who's the who's the villain? We don't know. I well, I I tell you what, I won't be pissing off Shakira anytime soon. Um, can we get to the jam of it all? <laughs> So, but now I it said that she put the. But apparently, she fa- she found out about the um, Jared PK was having an alleged affair with this younger new girlfriend Clara Kia Mar- Marty because she came back from being on tour or doing something traveling and she has opened the fridge and you know these little things in your life when you find it you go huh something's not quite right and apparently she opened the fridge and was like huh there's that flavored jam no one in the house likes it the boys don't like it. Jared P.K. doesn't like it. I don't like it. Someone's eating the jam. And she's like, hmm. <laughs> so I, did she react in the moment or did she kind of go, oh, the jam's been eaten. I don't know. Don't and apparently know. it was the, the girl, younger girlfriend likes the jam, ate the jam. Mm. And there is, I don't think it was for this song, but there's a video of um, a person who looks like Jared P.K.'s head in a fridge <laughs> with all the condiments around it. I mean, she's going there. I love it. I yeah. love it. It's I, petty AF. It fe- it's petty, but I also feel like she's taking her power back. Mm-hmm. She's obviously getting pleasure from doing these things and releasing these pieces of information, yeah. jam-related information. Yeah. Um, and uh, in terms of entertainment, I mean, there is nothing better. Yeah. What could be better? Um, and it's better out than in. I agree. Uh, and, and the other thing that tickled me as well, just a few weeks ago, she was... In a more positive headspace or whatever. She just, what do you mean? Heartbreak is tough. You're up and you're down, you're all over the place. You're up and you're down, you're all over the place. She had a positive New Year's Day um, Instagram post, you know, our wounds heal, da la la Even in the midst of heartbreak, we can continue, continue to love. That's it. And the person you need to love yourself the most is yourself. As, that didn't make sense. The person <laughs> you need to love most is yourself. Anyway, what, what tickled me is that Shakira sh- sh- signs off for social media posts. Shaq. Oh, I like it. Cute. Okay, Shaq. Shaq. Are you Shaq? watching Love Island? 
I'm not. I've made the choice not to. Do you know? I was borderline, uh-huh. and I watched. Then yesterday, I was like, "Do you know what? Fuck it, I'll put it on." And I'm in now. I'm sucked in. But anyway, one of the guys' names is Shaq. That's okay. that's why I asked. Um, so far, I'm. You know, they're not. But I don't hate them as much as I expected to. It's, I was saying this to a friend yesterday. It's like I watched it for the first time during the summer. It's more that I was like the cliffhangers every night. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, I can't. Yeah. And I'm good, but I'm going to come back tomorrow. And I was like, no, I think I need to binge them. If I can binge them all in a row. I know what you mean. It was just the, what's going to happen between Terry and Barry? What's going to happen between Terry and Barry? I hear you. I'll see you again tomorrow, TV. I hear you. I hear you. They really know how to suck you in. Anyway, we'll see how long it lasts. Um, So far I'm in. Uh, I have watched, I see the, the other problem is that like, Obviously, I have a shared television in my mm-hmm. house and mm-hmm. the person who shares the television with me has no interest in watching Love Island. So I have to try and sneak it in here and there yeah. while I'm cooking dinner. Like, I'm mm-hmm. never able to watch at the right time. Mm-hmm. And that means I miss all the tweets, which is half the That's fun. The fun. A, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how long I go. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm fascinated by this, what's going on with Andrea Riseborough um, and seemingly this like you know coordinated campaign to get her into the Oscar nominations at the last minute Mm -hmm. I saw this first because I was on Twitter on Saturday morning I think and I saw someone share an Ed Norton tweet and it was Ed Norton saying I don't often talk about acting or movies but Andrea Riseborough is like you know absolutely incredible into Leslie and everyone should watch it it's a heartbreaking performance blah 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 and I was like what is this and so then I googled it and I was like a movie about alcoholism why have I not heard of this? That's my favorite kind of movie. <laughs> and then I watched it and it is really good and she is amazing in it, but I I had never heard of it and it only made $23,000 at the box office and now all of a sudden everyone's talking about it. It made 27,000. Oh, excuse me. Which is such a tiny, it's a, if someone gave me 27,000 euro, I'd be like, thank you so much. It's incredible. But for a film, that's mad. That probably wouldn't even cover its catering. I don't know. But so to Leslie, the plot is a single mother turns to alcoholism after using up all the prize money she received after winning the lotto. She soon finds a chance to turn her life around when a motel owner offers a job. Plot. Actor, Andrea Riseborough, English actress who's appeared in lots of films. Happy Go Lucky, Never Let Me Go, Brighton Rock, Maiden Dagnum. The Long first time career. I ever heard of her was when, remember W.E., the film that Madonna directed? Yes. So as a Madonna fan, I was paying close attention to all of that. And I remember, and she cast um, Andrea Riseborough in the lead role. And at the time, I was like, who's this person? That's the first time I ever heard of her. But she's done loads of stuff yeah. since then. Like if, I, if you'd put a, give me a picture and said, for 80,000 million euro, what's this woman's name? I would not have been able to tell yeah. you. But anyway, so that's where she lies. So yeah, you were saying, all these celebrities are coming out. All these famous actors like Gwyneth Paltrow, Kate Winslet, Amy Adams, Kate Blanchett, Courtney Cox, Demi Moore, Mia Farrow, Mia Savino, Charlie Theron, all saying that, holy Christ, this woman's performance in To Leslie is so inspiring. Kate Winslet said, her performance in the film is, and I quote, one of the greatest performances I've ever seen in my life. They are really going out. Patrick called the film a masterpiece, said she was stunned by her performance, who deserves to win every award there is and all the ones that haven't been invented yet. <laughs> like, has she seen someone 
been murdered in front of them and they're like, okay, Andrea, whatever you want. Honestly, whatever you want. It's it's mad. Like, I mean, I agree. Like, it is the kind of performance that it that would win someone awards because she plays the film opens with her as this like young. I mean, first of all, she's a British actor. She's playing this woman from the South in America. And it starts with her having just won 190 grand on the lottery. And she's like giving an interview on TV, like, yeah, drinks are on me. And then it cuts to her six years later, alcoholic, homeless, like in bits. Yeah. And whenever you see an actor take on a role that requires them to be in bits and then also be better and like, you know, be kind of a problematic, but also someone who you care about. And like, you know, we're talking about range here Mm -hmm. and she has the range and she does it brilliantly and she looks awful, which Oscar performances love. They love it when a female actor Ah, looks looks terrible. Yeah, let's give her an award. Yeah. Um, And then she looks better and, you know, the whole the whole shebang. It is that kind of performance, but it's just so weird that like this movie makes made no money nobody saw it and now all of a sudden everybody's talking about it yeah. it has to be a coordinated thing yeah and Barack Obama even revised his best films of the year which I don't I think it's so what funny. hang on no yeah to include two Leslie no yeah uh, apparently that, well that's what I read online we can we can verify it afterwards and you can do a course correct uh, record something separately but yeah so what the F is going on so she is a long career da 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 What's happening? They're in some massive mega WhatsApp group. They're all going, come on, we do this. Or else Andrea has some goss on every single person, including the former president of the United States of America. But, you know, even though maybe her name is not household name yet, she has a powerful agency, CAA, and she's definitely connected. But it is, I don't know, why Why is it happening? It's and it's, it's it's not unprecedented. You know, sometimes like these, these, these roles that kind of come out of nowhere by incredibly yeah. talented actors and people just kind of shine a light on them um, but it's just mad because like so many of the awards have already happened now and this buzz is happening right now when like I saw uh, Jeremy oh god Jeremy O'Harris uh, mm-hmm. t- tweeting yesterday that he is voting it was actually kind of a wild tweet I think he was like oh it's it's time for me to n- vote on who should be nominated for an Oscar because he's obviously part of the academy now and he was like I've tried to see as many films as I could but what would you like to see for this category that category and that category and I was like mm, I don't think it's a really good idea to like crowd yeah, use your source. Twitter followers for like you know who should be nominated for an Oscar but anyway it is impossible for them to see every film like let's be real that's not possible Um. But it so it is Oscar nomination week. So it's all timed perfectly, mm-hmm. specifically for the Oscars. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. Someone's pulling in favors. Something's going on. And, and not discrediting her performance, of course. Not but at all. Not at, we would we do that. We wouldn't, of course, discredit someone's performance. But the nominations for the Oscars will be announced on the twenty fourth of January next week. So mm. will she get on? It'd be a bit of a stinker if she didn't even get on the list. I but mean, she's very good. Like she is. There's no denying it. I but you are not be... in her pocket and you she has nothing on you, Louise, because you are she free. She certainly does not. I would take it. Mm-hmm. Like, to be honest, any money coming my way would be would be gratefully received. But no, she has not offered me any money. Nor has she offered anyone else any money, obviously. No. It's just, it's just obviously pals and friends in the right place. Just, I'm thinking like. of a, there's a scene, there was a thing at an old Saturday Night Live sketch, Saturday Night Live sketch. I think it's like Alec Baldwin. Oh, no, is it Will Ferrell? Oh yeah, he's pretending to be that um, film. Remember in the actor's studio? Yeah. He's pretending, pretending to be that the host and he's in, interviewing, I say, Alec Baldwin or something. He's like, your performance in Cannonball 3, if Re- Revenge of the Jelly Bears, was so powerful, <laughs> I am forced to create a new world. Scrumtrelescent. <laughs> your performance was scrumtrelescent. And that's all I think about. They're just like, they're actually turning themselves inside out to try and yeah. be like, 
It's the exuberance. <laughs> yeah. It made me want to climb to the top of a tall building and dive into a bucket of sand because Andrea's performance is extraordinary. It has changed the meaning of left and right for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I that do. That kind of thing. So they're losing their minds, but it's Holly weird. Am I right, girls? I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, now very quickly, uh, just to acknowledge the fact that Jeremy Clarkson has apparently well he he claims he apologized to Harry and Meghan um because of that absolutely horrendous piece that he wrote before Christmas which obviously we're all familiar with oh, yes. um Very but Harry strange. and Meghan have said no actually he didn't apologize to Harry and Meghan yeah he said th- so they issued a statement said on the 25th of December again could you not spend time with your family Christmas day like. sending an email to the, anyway sent it to solely to Prince Harry even though the comments he made were about Meghan, um, classic, yes, man, move. Yes, man uh, the contents age. of his correspondence were marked private and confidential. Um, and they said, while a new pu- public apology has been issued by today by Mr. Clarkson, what remained to be addressed is his long-standing pattern of writing articles that spread hate, rhetoric, dangerous conspiracy theories, and misogyny. So basically, they were like, "We don't accept your apology." Yeah. But again, this is kind of strange. What is it, so? It's not strange, but. His Amazon tours, maybe it's a coincidence, his Amazon uh, tour, the grand tour for his car program has been has been cut. It's unclear whether he's going to be um, hosting Who Wants to Be a Millionaire again. It's not on the schedule at the moment. So but, but why is, at this kind of, is like the tipping point for him. He's gotten away with talking all this nonsense for so long. Mm. I mean, it's, I think he should be held accountable for it and there has to be consequences because the reason people, mm. you know, say they make these ridiculous, imagine writing something like that, it's crazy. I, I think it's so vicious and so personal that the response was unprecedented. Mm. And I think there were probably very few people who were mm-hmm. willing to stand by him on this yeah. and that might have made him go, oh, maybe I did cross the line. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I think it's probably less about his own sense of humanity based on the stuff that he said before. And it's but contracts. Like, yeah, but like, I think if if almost everyone is against you, including your daughter and, you know, all of that might make you go, like, so it's Christmas Day, maybe he's at Christmas, maybe his daughter's there and she's like, what the hell? Uh-huh. And maybe she manages to get through to him on some level. Or maybe he it's all for show and yeah. actually meaningless. Who knows? Anyway, there you go. Um, Esther or more who, where can people find you? They can find me at Esther Two Names on Twitter and Instagram. And also Emer and Esther Sunday Roast with Emer and Esther, a podcast that yeah. you can listen to in your ears. It's if on holiday ha- at the moment, but we'll be back soon. Yeah. And if you haven't heard it, highly recommend a good, wholesome comforting yeah. no edges to our podcast no. it's very wholesome yes um anyway we'll talk to you soon yeah now thank you so 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 much for being with me this week i really appreciate it um as i said at the start i don't think i need to bang on about it again but it means a lot to me and i hope you will come back and listen again next week we're here every friday to catch you up on the week's events um before i go i always like to do a few recommendations and i know we talked about the film in the entertainment slot but i really did enjoy to alice um which is available i think it's for rent on like apple tv and i think you can get it on prime and stuff it's you you know you pay to watch it or whatever um, and we described what the film is about it is very genuinely very good and the performance is very good so I highly recommend that there um, otherwise I'm still flat out on Yellowstone and I'm also back watching The Great Pottery Throwdown which if you haven't watched it before I really recommend it it is just 
so wholesome and lovely and there's no badness and you know the pottery is nice and I just would recommend it it's only two two episodes in at this stage um it's on channel four if you haven't seen it you can watch it on channel four.com it's just it's just a delight switch your brain off and enjoy it aside from that I have not been up to much my friends I will be honest with you I'm just trying to get through life like everybody else um but I have a lot of plans to uh consume entertainment over the course of the next week so hopefully I'll have more stuff for you next week in the meantime thank you so much to all of my contributors thank you very much to Acast for having me on the network and I hope you have a good week and if you don't that is okay we will be back together next Friday putting one foot in front of the other Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.